baby. It's only right that I share my experiences with y'all, cause I've been places you'll never imagine. Right. But I'ma start at home when I see a girl I like, I walk straight up to her and I'm like, uh, hey girl, how you doing? You are the woman that I'm really pursuing And I would like to get to know you Can you give me your name? If you jot down your number You'll get mine in exchange Hey See, I'm the man of this town And I hope you wouldn't mind if I uh, Here we go, back in bold This is bold perception I'm with the unapologetic man himself Mr. Mark Singh I'm not quite sure how I came across you On uh, Spotify, your podcast But once I did I started binge listening because your presence on the mic, your attitude, the practical action behind it, and then also, you know, the topics at hand. You don't hear it as much anymore. It's in your face. It's unapologetic. I'm very happy you're here. But Mark, my first question is, are we as men and masculinity being attacked? Because I look at the way I grew up and I almost flipped everything on its head and my life started being a lot better. Yeah, I think the real question is, is there a massive pussification of the American male? And that is absolutely yes, 100%. You know, um, women have been subjugated. There's no doubt about that throughout history. And it's made a massive swing towards the opposite where now men are being attacked. And so the point of my podcast, the point of what I do is to kind of fight against that and, and help men reclaim their masculine instincts, reclaim things like testosterone. I mean, sperm count is down. So that's the point of my podcast. And then also being more attractive to women, despite what the media may say to you guys, women actually want a man who's highly in his masculine energy, who isn't afraid to be bold, who isn't afraid to lead, who isn't apologizing for who he is as a man. And even his desire for her, he doesn't apologize for. So absolutely, it's being attacked. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, the Disney fairy tale, um, you look at... Uh, the popularity of all these red pill manosphere content that's been coming out recently, it seems like men are craving for answers because it, it seems like everything they were told to do has not been working. I mean, why do you think this is? What, what, what was the situation that happened or is this a plan in place? What, what is happening? I don't think it's necessarily a plan. I think that unfortunately guys who are ineffective with women, right? Because I, I focus on being attractive to women guys who are ineffective with women are the majority, like 90% of dudes, you know, aren't good with women naturally. Whereas one guy out of 10, perhaps Nick out of nine other guys would be the one dude who could attract women successfully. So this dream of like leaving a poem on her car and with a flower and saying that you'll do anything for her and let her walk on you, do her favors. Um, that kind of narrative has been sold to guys to where they believe it and then they get rejected and then start to resent women because of it. So there's a lot of misinformation out there. And, and part of my job and your job too is to kind of educate the populace as to how it really works. Because I think men instinctually know how it really works, but there's so much mixed messaging out there that they don't figure it out. It's not like we get pulled aside in kindergarten and say, all right, Nick, here's how you attract a woman. You got to be bold, unapologetic, confident leader to where she wants to be led, control the frame as we talk about and have really strong belief systems and self-esteem in yourself. No one told us that. They tell us to kiss her ass and hopefully she'll uh, fall onto you. Can I cuss in this in this episode or is it? Okay, like kiss her ass and hopefully you'll wake up the next morning with her on your dick. And it doesn't work that way, man. It's a total lie. 
why? Then why were we taught this way? What, what is the purpose behind the Disney, the, the school teachers, the media? Why was this forced down our throat ways that didn't work? Because they sell the illusion to guys who aren't naturally effective because those are the guys who are buying it, right? So if I make a movie, Nick, about a dude who's the lovable loser, who uh, confesses his love to his hot best friend who's a girl, and says, I just, I just love you and I need to be with you. And she's like, oh my God, you're so sweet. And she falls for him. That's going to sell more tickets, going to sell more seats and butts in the seats. So I think that's why it's because most people aren't good with women. So they sell a narrative to those people. Well, is that not similar to you or the rest of, uh, I'm not saying you're in it, but the Manosphere. Now they're selling a different way and people are buying and people are giving them lots of money on Patreon and and, uh, you know, you comment on YouTube, you give them money to show your comment. Yeah, but what we do works, right? So it's like, sure, they give us money, but we're a solution. So we're not selling them a lie. We're selling them the truth. And sometimes the truth is hard to hear. You know, I tell my guys, if, if you want to work with me, if you want to join the program, like it's going to be work. You don't just give me money and you wake up, as I said, the next morning with a girl on your dick. You're going to have to go into your fears. You're going to have to be a man. You're going to have to sack the F up and do what's hard in order to achieve your goals. Now I use NLP, which I know you want to talk about Nick eventually to help guys kind of uh, get that motivation and to reverse negative belief systems about themselves, such as I'm not enough. I'm not confident. I'm not attractive. I'm too short, too fat, too bald, whatever their belief systems are. First, we reprogram that stuff before I send them out there into the trenches. But I call upon that warrior that all of us have inside of us and i fight shoulder to shoulder with my boys in the trenches and we get results because it's like p90x right they didn't sell you a lie like oh just drink this shake twice a day and you'll lose 60 pounds in two months no it's like p90x is yo we're gonna go into this like warriors and that's how you get results i'm not lying to you this is how hard it is and this is what it's gonna take to get the results you're looking for with women and your confidence but you weren't always like this, right? What was your wake-up call? Man, I was the biggest pussy that ever lived, bro. I used to have um, agoraphobia, panic attacks. I used to be so afraid of women, I couldn't look at one, let alone go approach her. So what woke me up, man, is I got cheated on by my first love. And when I say love, I was head over heels for this chick. Walked over to her dorm room and get this, Nick. She was having sex with another dude in her dorm room, and I had to hear it. My legs went out, fell on the floor like, like a Vietnam guy who just got his legs blown off. I'm crawling like across the floor, drove home on the freeway like five miles per hour. This was in Santa Cruz, California, by the way. I don't know if you're familiar with that area. So I'm driving five miles per hour and people are like honking at me. And like for three weeks, I was on the corner of my bed in the cannonball position, crying like a schoolgirl, wondering why did she do this to me? Why? And then I was like, you got, you better figure it out, man. You did something terribly wrong. And what did I do wrong? I was too needy. I was too thirsty, too available. Didn't lead her, gave her the masculine role, was a pussy. Just like so many guys are these days. Right. And that made her lose attraction for me and sleep with another guy. And frankly, and I've said this before on other podcasts and I've gotten some hate for it. It was my fault, man. It was hundred percent my fault because I didn't lead her. I didn't show her the dominant masculine man she wanted. So the other dude, the other Chad, the quarterback of the football team banged her in her dorm room rather than me. So it was my fault. And so I started studying this stuff. I started learning it. 
And as we went into like 2015, I really saw some issues with, you know, masculinity being attacked. So I'm like, I'm going to be a counterweight to this movement because it's important that I speak up for men. It's a great origin story. Um, so this is what happens when that happens to somebody, especially a dude and all their reality shatters around them, the cognitive dissonance, they either go one or one of two ways. They start hating women or yeah. they do something about it. And that's yep. what I want to bring up is because, you know, the layman listening to you is like, oh, this dude's a uh, misogynistic. He's this and that. But tell me about uh, your counter counter argument to that. I love women. I absolutely love them. I love the feminine. I love the creativity of being feminine. I love the feminine energy, how caring they are, how nurturing they are, but make no mistake, women are better at some things and men are better at others. And in a relationship between a man and a woman, sexual chemistry, meaning her being in her feminine, him being in his masculine is necessary to create that sexual tension. You play football. So I'm going to use a football analogy for you. Imagine she's standing on the 50 yard line and you're on the 40 yard line. You guys are really close to one another. There's not a lot of distance between you two. Now put a rubber band between you two and move you into one end zone and her into the other end zone and see how much tension there is there. That's sexual chemistry. So absolutely 100% love women and in no way am I misogynist, but I do understand that the man needs to be in the masculine role which essentially means he needs to lead. He needs to lead her to where she wants to be led. So the woman goes into her feminine, which means she follows him and he leads. It doesn't mean he's better than she is. It doesn't mean she's less than him. In fact, in many ways, women kick our butts in many different things. Hand me a baby and I'm a complete jackass. Even though I have a two and a half year old daughter, actually my, um, my sister-in-law handed me her baby and I'm like, I have no idea what to do with this thing. Because it's just not masculine instincts. Masculine instincts is to go outside and kick the burglar's butt who's trying to break into your house while your women, woman stays in the bedroom and takes care of the baby. So there is no attack on women, but I'm saying that we are born with instincts. We are born with testosterone. That's what testicles are. They make testosterone. Women are born with ovaries. Ovaries make estrogen. So they get into their estrogen, we get into our masculinity, our testosterone, and there's that polarity there. And that's when sex is the best. The problem today is you got dudes acting like chicks, you got chicks acting like dudes, and there's no chemistry and just everything's falling apart. Like look at how many issues there are in relationships. Largely that's because of the masculine and femininity um, confusion that's going on. Like you have people these days who don't even know what gender they are. And it's, it's, absolutely unbelievable. So I love women, absolutely cherish them. I'm always kind to women and I think we should respect them. Absolutely. But at the same time, women want to be led. That's what turns them on. So don't be apologetic about it, bro. Go lead her. And that's what I teach my clients to do. hundred percent. And especially in the U S of a, um, after leaving there about four years ago, I started seeing more old school uh, uh, polarity between men and women, especially where I am right now in Poland, in Eastern Europe. And the strongest woman, the most happy woman from the outside I've met have been when they're in their feminine. You know, it's the Eastern European who, you know, dresses up really nice, takes care of the kids, does this, does that. It seems like from the outside they're happy. But you look, you talk to these Western women. I mean, the antidepressant rates mm -hmm. are crazy. The, 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 all this crap they're going through over here. 
it's like society wants them to play the man's role and then they yep. get to what 30 35 and it's just yep. like oh this doesn't make me happy like i wish i would have you know did the family or i wish i would have you know something is off like that's uh why i think too like you know that kevin samuels who who died recently he was um consulting with a bunch of uh, uh, uh women his main clientele was women that were at that age asking like hey what's going on why am i feeling this way i did everything society told me to do mm. and I can't, you know, find someone like a partner. I can't mm. create a family. And uh, it is like the roles have reversed. That's why I think, I mean, it's been pushed on us for a while. And that's where I get really conspiratorial and why a bunch of masculine people that talk about this stuff get, uh, you know, canceled or told they're misogynistic and whatnot. So there's like a, a clear play in my mind to do this, to cause this chaos. Okay. Mm. That's what I think is happening. Mm. I, I don't have a lot of opinion on that as far as like conspiracy is concerned, but you know, women can go into masculine, like the woman I'm with, we're not married, but we're together. We have a kid together. We live together. She is a, like a pipe hitting MF -er at her work. Like she's a high power executive. She, she um, is the boss of many people, but when she comes home, she's the woman and she acquiesces to my masculinity. Doesn't mean she's like submissive and stays in the corner shaking. She's just like, Hey, where, where, where should we go to dinner tonight? And I'm like, I'll take care of it. Let's go get in the car. Let's go. You're going to love it. And I take her on this experience and she's like, I love it that I could just come home and let go and not have to like make all the decisions and lead. I love how you just take me under your wing and show me a good time. And I liken it to an experience that many men have had probably you and me both included Nick is like when you're like a, a, a freshman in high school or even a seventh or eighth grader, and you meet this like older guy with a car. And he hangs out with you and you listen to his music and you guys go to like Taco Bell and hang out in the parking lot and you talk about girls. What he's doing is he's leading you to a good experience, taking you under his wing, taking you into his strong reality. And it feels good because he's being the masculine presence. That's what we have to do with women is we have to take them on an experience, be the sanctuary for them, protect them, provide over them, preside over them, I should say, and provide for them if the relationship deems it worthy that gets her in her feminine. He gets in his masculine and then, and then the relationship really works. She still contributes in many ways. Like she's nurturing, she's caring. She understands uh, relationships. She's a great communicator. She's creative. She takes care of that's what she does. The man leads, he protects, he provides, he presides. And those typical Roles are typical for a reason. They've been working for 200,000 years. Only in the past 20 years have we suddenly decided that we should be gender neutral and, and, and like put tampons in the men's, in the boys bathroom, which is happening in some school in New Jersey. They're putting tampons in a boy's bathroom. Like what the literal fuck are you doing to these kids? So that's the difference. Just get back to what you are. You're a carburetor who's designed to be a certain way. So stop trying to change it. 100%. I've had um, a handful of experiences with the older women who are in the high position, high power roles. Um, a German lady, uh, she was a, a doctor for many years, made money, then uh, bought up a ton of real estate and had three homes in one of the richest places in, in Majorca, the island. And uh, when we first met, you know, she was full on shit tested me in quotes. She's got the Rolex yep. on, she got the jewelry, all this stuff. And, yep. you know, I played with her and uh, you kind of put it back in her face and yep. we developed a really good relationship. And it was crazy because 
the attitude switched 110%. She became, you know, in the morning, she would make me coffee. Hey, Nick, do you want to stay in this place uh, this week? You want to do this? Uh, literally trying to do everything for me. And she's like, yep. when I'm with you, I just feel so alive. Like I can just, you know, be myself. And, you know, I have this, didn't say word for word, but this mask on during my day-to-day -day life. She's doing the business moves, the real estates. And then when I'm with you, it's just, you know, freeing. It's really freeing. And that was a weird you know, eye-opening experience, but I've seen that many, many times. That's why I said previously that the strongest woman I have ever known, that a woman that put me in my place was a far Eastern uh, Belarusian who was so feminine that it tested my masculinity to, to the extreme. And she mm. freaking turned a man who I thought it was into a little boy. And I learned so much from that. But <laughs> then I see these Western women who, who want to be this tough, you know, a uh, super badass Cardi B type woman. And they're usually the weakest ones almost yeah. every single time they break down. They, they turn into uh, they need you nonstop. They need mm. attention. They mm. want you to be their daddy. And mm. it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting when you see it firsthand, that's the thing you can talk about all you want, but until you get slapped with the reality, you're like, Oh, so this is why this worked. This is what this makes sense. Like counterintuitive, mm -hmm. this counterintuitive uh, speaking, this talking, when you see it in reality, then it all makes sense. When that girl tested you, she did what we call frame checks. At least we call it frame checks in my coaching, which is basically she's testing to see if you can be a floor mat. Okay. And this is why guys go in the friend zone. She's going to say mean things to you. She's going to ask you for favors. She's going to test you. Like Just like you go to Home Depot and you buy a piece of plywood. You need to lean on that thing a little bit to see if it's strong enough to do the job. Women do this to men and really, really masculine women will do it hardcore, like that woman from Belarus that did it to you. She tested you and you you shot back at her showing her that you're not to be fucked with. And we call those frame reversals. So she says, for example, right? She's like, why are you wearing those like skinny jeans? Like, why would you wear those? Okay, that's like a typical test that a girl might do. She's gonna question you and your clothing. So what we do is we reframe it. And, and we basically take the frame, which is the interpreted meaning of the the statement. So I say to that, listen, I know you're trying to take off my pants right now, but relax. We just met. Okay. She says to you, Oh my God, your legs are so skinny. I'd be like, why are you so focused on my legs? Like, are you obsessed with my legs or something? So you make it about the other person and that's how you, how you pass these tests. Well, men who are bad with women and who frankly are in their feminine energy would explain themselves. She's like, why are you wearing that? You'd be like, well, it's in style right now. You know, it's Gucci and I had it tailored and they try to explain themselves to a woman and they lose. She loses respect for you. She gets put in the masculine role, which maybe cognitively she wants, but emotionally she hates it. And she starts resenting you, puts your ass in the friend zone, starts making you do favors for her. And then the next thing you know, you're a puppy dog. And women will ask for favors too, Nick. And you know, you've heard all about the pickup stuff. So I'm sure you've heard this, but maybe your listeners haven't. Women will ask you for a favor. Oh, Nick, will you go get me a napkin from the bar? She'll be real cute and real gentle. And most guys will be like, uh, yeah, of course. And they'll go get the napkin at the bar. Now, do I suggest not getting the napkin from the bar? No, but I suggest her earning the favor. So I say, yeah, I'll definitely get that for you. Ask me in an Australian accent. Okay. And she's like, what? Be like, yeah, ask me in an Australian accent. Come on, let's hear it. She's like, right. Can you get me a napkin from the bar? And you're like, right away, ma'am, like a boomerang. I'll be right back to you. Okay. And you go get the napkin and you give it to her. So it's hoop theory. She asks you to jump through a hoop. You make her jump through a hoop first. 
And in so doing, you show her that your favor must be earned. You're leading the interaction. It's still fun for her, but you're not a lap dog, which is what so many men have been trained to be. This is why women leave them. This is why dudes get put in the friend zone. This is why there's no sexual tension is because dudes are afraid to be disagreeable, afraid to push back against her frame checks. But in, in my coaching, I teach, you have to push back against it. You have to pass these tests because they are tests. She's testing your masculinity. Whether or not you pass as you did, Nick, is going to dictate whether she goes into her feminine, which that girl did, which is why she said, I just feel so free around you. I feel so great. This is the best thing ever is because you took that frame as is your job as a man. 100%. And I didn't pass the Belarusian girl. She was the super feminine girl that expected me to be a man 24 seven. Right. I started slipping up and then she lost all attraction, but I yeah, did definitely yeah. pass with the, the German doctor that was uh, living in Mallorca. Um, the, the napkin thing that was very smooth, but that's also the Ben Franklin thing too, where they make you do little favors and then you like them more then you do bigger favors. That's persuasion one-on-one. -on -one. That's not yep. just some, you know, manosphere red pill talk. A great thing. I'm working with a dude that just uh, uh, relocated cities all alone. I, I congratulate him a lot to take that jump. And uh, he hit the bars the, his first weekend there, right? And, you know, he's going around chatting with people, you know, trying to develop social circles, meet people. And a lot of the, the girls were like, why did you move here all alone? Like, what happened? Where are you from? Like, are you Jeffrey Dahmer? Are you a serial killer? Mm. And I think he played it somewhat decent, but this happens to me all the time because I travel. It's like, yeah, I'm going to take you back to my dungeon later tonight. You know what I That's mean? Like, yeah, exactly. And then they're like, wait, what? And then <laughs> but if you, if you supplicate and you're like, oh, like, I just want something new. And, and like, here's why. And like, they're going to be like, OK, something weird happened where you're from. You know, you're probably running away from issues. And it's totally flipped on its head if you agree and amplify or you play the little amused mastery aspect behind it. It, it, or you say the real question is why aren't you traveling to a different country alone to go live there? It's the absolute shit. Like you're crazy not to do that. But what you did is exactly right. Agree and amplify, right? If your friends say, Hey bro, you're gay. And you're like, no, I'm not dude. I swear to God, I'm not. You look like a douche canoe. But instead you say, yeah, bro, I'm so gay. I sucked 200 dicks yesterday. My jaw is so sore right now, man. I can't do another one. I'll try tomorrow, but not today. Like you agree with it and you amplify it which shows that you're unaffected by it. And an alpha male, a highly attractive man, is unaffected by the tests of others. He doesn't get emotional. He's always on what I call your inner balance point, your inner state of centeredness. And you're willing to throw things back at people completely unemotional, like a Spartan, which I have back here. I have a post of a Spartan because I just think they're awesome. If some little girl's like, oh my God, your helmet is so stupid. Do you think he would get all defensive about it and be like, but it's bronze and it was at Thermopylae and I killed tons of Persians. No, he would just laugh, dude. He'd be like, dude, you're, you're an idiot. Like whatever, little girl, beat it, right? And that's another way to pass the test. Simply ignore it. She's like, why don't you have a girlfriend? And you're like, so, so what brings you in here tonight? And you just blow past it and ask her some other question. That's showing that you have a strong frame. You're not used to being questioned about what you do and who you are it's not only to others too it's a society on a whole and i think uh i used to be kind of big into the politics and i was just bringing up somewhat conspiracies here but anyone that uh gets so worked up about these issues it's showing how much it affects them and uh, i read a great book how i found freedom in an unfree world by harry brown i highly recommend you check it out i think a lot of your philosophies are are similar to that 
And it's basically saying that too, where it's, you know, if you get so worked up about certain things, that means you're phased by it. Know what I mean? Exactly. And if you, if you can agree and amplify or treat everything as like you're, you know, this is a game and this is fun and it's not going to affect me. That's kind of what a, a successful type man especially is. Masculinity is internally validated. So its own filter is all it really cares about. So if somebody says something negative about you, you literally don't care. And this is why guys who are jerks are good with women. And I put jerks in air quotes because they just don't give a shit about other people's opinion and they do their own thing. They do what they want to do. And they're internally validated, which is highly masculine. So like if there's a dude listening right now who sees a cute girl and, and hesitates and talks himself out of going to speak to her, there's a high chance that he's pretty much in his feminine energy. Now, I do understand that lack of skill set, lack of knowing what to say is a big reason dudes don't approach girls. But guys who are highly masculine, they're just about the numbers. They're like, I'm going to approach 10 girls. Who gives a shit if they reject me? I don't care what they think. I'm internally validated. I know I'm a great guy. I know I'm a great catch. If she can't see it, it's her issue. And they just they just go approach and approach and approach. Now, in my coaching, I ease guys into that mentality where we do what we call approach and eject. Go say something to her, ask her a quick question, and then eject before she can reject, as I say, which is really effective way to get guys into this. But dude, by week six, Nick, because it's a 12-week program, by week six, they don't care anymore. They're like, I don't need to approach and eject. I just don't give a shit what they think. I'm going to go talk to her, and if she doesn't accept me, it's her issue. And you know what? I'm not going to talk myself out of approaching her because I think I'm better than her and who is she to judge me and I'm not going to give her the opportunity to reject me. I'm going to approach her to show her I'm not afraid of her. How about that reframe right there? Rather than saying, oh, she can't reject me. I'm not going to approach her. It's I'm going to show you I'm not afraid of what you think. And if you do reject me, I'm literally going to laugh like you just complimented me and be like, oh, well, and then go talk to the other 20 girls that I'm going to open that week and the 20 girls I'm texting already with, right? Spotlight effect. People think this universe revolves around them, but people yeah. do not care. You're five seconds of their, of their day and they forget all about you. I always yep. say, because I heard this from someone else, is uh, you're walking in any city center and say you're walking with someone and there's a homeless guy on the ground about uh, 20 feet after you walk by him, ask the person next to you, okay, what kind of shoes was that homeless guy wearing? They'd be like, what? Homeless guy? You, you notice him for one second. It's, it's a totally all in your head that we think everything revolves around us and no one's thinking about you really. Nope. That's absolutely right. Internally validated. This is where the NLP definitely comes into play. Like I told you, I've been deep into meditation, hypnosis, affirmations for a long time, and they played a massive role on my internal mindset, I believe. And I think once it gets internally, the external starts validating that too. It starts going into your own, you know, what you see and what you feel. Yep. Yeah. And it, it all starts within you, right? Like we can say, and I'll know you'll dig this, Nick, is uh, the universe is a mirror and your outside reality is reflective of what's going on inside you. So you walk into somebody's house and it looks like a pigsty, bro. It looks like a trash can that they live in. I mean, I hate to say, but there's some trash can inside their head, right? So your outside reality is dictated by your inside reality. So What's funny is when you become internally validated and no longer care so much what people think, you think you're enough, you think you're a great catch for a girl. Most of the time, like 99% of the time, they simply agree with it. They tell you you're a great catch. They tell you that you are highly attractive, that you are enough and you are confident. 
And a lot of these frame checks don't even happen. I kind of miss frame checks, Nick, because I used to get them way more in my younger years. And a frame check, again, is something bitchy that she says, like, how many phone numbers did you get tonight? And my response to that one, Nick, is I got nine numbers tonight, one more, and I would have had a full phone number. But dude, okay. So I, I used to get tested a lot, but once they feel your frame from you via your body language, your tonality, the way you carry yourself, they don't test you so much anymore. And, and this goes into guys too, guys on guys, guys on guys, guys with guys who test each other. That tends to stop once you show that you're alpha and you establish your place in the pecking order. But when you first get into this stuff, it usually happens, but you have to react in a way that says to yourself, if I were fully accepting of myself, would his comment even bother me? No. So I'm going to react from a place where it doesn't because you can fake it until you make it in some respects. But in the other respect, we can reprogram the brain with NLP, which I know you're interested in, Nick. And I actually want to send you a couple modalities that I'd love for you to do too. Uh, first and foremost, take out negative belief systems, right? Take out negative belief systems. I'm not enough. Um, things like sex is dirty. Sex is wrong. I shouldn't bother people by approaching them. Um, I'm not attractive. Being short is unattractive. I don't have enough money to be attractive. These are the typical belief systems that I run into. NLP can remove those belief systems and we can replace them with belief systems that are more conducive because if you really think about it, belief systems, BS, are BS. They're just illusions. Even the good ones are illusions. What's real is what manifests out of your belief systems. So if you believe that I'm a money magnet, I'm a champion, I'm a great dude, then the universe is going to say, okay, you're a money magnet, you're a great dude, you're a champion, and attract to yourself that which you think about most. So why not install those belief systems? Am I a money magnet by virtue of just being born on this earth? No, I'm a money magnet because I've told myself I am. And or I'm a loser because I tell myself I am. And other people usually install those belief systems when you're young and you just buy into it. You're just like hook, line, and sinker, buy into it. And the rest of your life, you're just repeating results of I'm not enough, I'm a loser, girls don't like me, I'm not talented, I'm not smart, whatever BS you've you've convinced yourself, somebody probably installed that in your head, usually your parents, siblings, um, teachers, and then you just repeat it. You're hitting print on a program that just repeats the same thing. So NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, goes in there with visualizations and rewrites those programs. And they, we do that through guided meditation, which Nick, I know you really like. Let me hit on a couple comments before that uh, NLP description. Uh, I think exposure therapy. So like you said, uh, the alpha thing where you don't get much tested anymore. I'm so thankful that I do do this uh, football because I have to go to a different team each year. I want to experience yeah. new culture, do different things. And as a quarterback, you come in there and you got to be the freaking man. And people don't just let you be the man. You have to freaking earn it. And everywhere I go, because I'm quite a, a flamethrower, I don't really play politics too well, <clears throat> I get tested up the ass. And everyone nice. either hates me at the start. And then I always say either love me or you hate me, but you will respect me by the end of this. And that's how it goes. So I, I think, too, we're talking about this inner game uh, workings. And, yeah, it's good to do the NLP. It's good to do the belief stuff. But you have to expose yourself in the real world to it. You can't yes. just, you know, sit on your ass and say, oh, I am the man now. No. Yep. Uh, external references are very important for you to internalize different things. 
And that's why, you know, I, that's why I tell guys like P90X, right? Like when you come in here, we're going to, we're going to put you in your discomfort zone because growth isn't in the comfort zone. <clears throat> it's in the discomfort zone. You have to get uncomfortable in order to grow. Now we can do that systematically where you're safe and you're not just like getting rejected so hard when the concussion hits your pants, fly off your legs. Like we don't want to put guys in that situation because as an NLP coach, I understand that negative reinforcement reinforces negative behavior. So we, we ease them into it like an old man into a warm bath, but you're right, man, they got to get, they got to get uncomfortable and they have to do the work and, and put themselves out there. And part of the discomfort is simply facing their BS, their traumas, their belief systems, things from childhood that they don't want to look at. You know, the, 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 the storm that's chasing you, the only way to get, get away from it is to turn around and face it and run right through it. And that's what you do with fear. That's what you do with belief systems. That's what you do with girls who you're afraid of. And you realize what an illusion it is to be afraid of a woman. These guys imagine these like horrible, terrible situations, like post-apocalyptic rejections that are going to blow out their self-esteem for the rest of their life. And they never happen. Most girls are damn kind. They're extremely flattered that you approach them. They're, they're beautiful beings who are way more empathetic than we are as knuckle dragging gorillas. I'll tell you that much. So these illusions that people build up in their head about it are much bigger than they think. And I think what you go through, Nick, going to a damn new football team as an American in like a different European country, that's way harder than anything I asked my dudes to do. And I love that you do that purposely, right? That shows just the heart that you have, man, that you do that by your own choice. Well, I always say in this podcast, traveling is the easiest way to get out of the comfort zone. You're in a new place, new language. Uh, your your brain is firing because everything around you is different. And that's a huge way to feel that uh, uncomfortableness. And obviously, a lot of people, they get addicted to traveling because yeah. when you're out of the comfort zone, you feel alive. There's nothing like it. You just feel like you're moving, you're going, your dopamine's flowing. Like it's, it's, a, it's a wicked feeling. So I think a quick, cheap, easy way to do it is to go travel, go solo travel and go feel what it really feels like to live outside the comfort zone. You're in the um, now is what it is. You get put the in presence, the present moment. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you're in the now you're observing things. You're way more present and therefore you're way more happy. People ask like, how can you be a Buddhist monk and just do nothing all day, but meditate? It's because you're in the present moment and that's where peace is. That's where true joy and ecstasy lies within you. And that's part of being internally validated is you don't need these outside things like cars, money, reputation, social media likes, or people liking my podcast. What you have inside you is a treasure that once you access, because I'm into meditation too, Nick, I do it every single day and I get to access that treasure every day. And the best things in life truly are free. You know, sex with the woman who you love, holding your daughter. I have a two and a half year old daughter and I was riding my ATV with her through the woods and she was sitting um, on my ATV in front of me, that that's where happiness is. So, you know, it, it doesn't cost a lot and it all comes from within you. And once you realize that you have power over life rather than being at its mercy. And there's no better feeling than being in the zone, the total present moment in uh, football when that's all you're doing, there's no outside issues. There's nothing going on. You're just flowing. You're just going with the motions. You're, you're playing, you're winning. It's, it's that's being in the in the present moment. You know what I mean? That's why I, I think uh, when you work out super hard, it's similar to meditation. You're just feeling the barbell. You're going down. You know, like it's that's the only thing that matters. And that's yeah. uh, 
the key point we're talking about being in the moment. Uh, another thing I want to comment on was that uh, rejection aspect. The only time, let me reframe this. I only get angry and uh, mad at myself when I don't approach. I've never felt yep. the same way when I get rejected. Hey, no, I have a boyfriend. I have this, I have that, you know, you know, Hey, nice to meet you. Hey, I'm glad I did it. I feel good about myself. The only times yep. I feel shitty is when I see a really pretty girl walking the streets and I just walk right by and I think about it for the next hour. Like, yeah, yeah why did I not do that? That's right, man. That's it. Okay. Let's really dive into uh, the practical aspects of the NLP the the self-limiting beliefs how can we uh, reprogram ourselves i know you can't give all the secrets away because you you have the programs and whatnot but i really want to hit this hard yeah so um unfortunately it does require specific modalities that we don't have time to do right now because each one's about 20 minutes long but you can find them uh, some of them on youtube i believe obviously i think that i have the creme de la creme ones and i obviously do those in my program i'm not trying to like oversell my program here but what you first need to realize is is thoughts are illusions so you can choose to replace them through things like affirmations which i know you yourself nick do that can be extremely effective and simply questioning your thoughts like don't believe everything you think is something that i'd start with where if you have a thought be like really like I I'm, I'm unattractive because I'm too short. Why is that? I've seen super hot girls making out with the dude who was like a foot taller than, um, her. And it's just all in his belief systems about what he thinks about himself. So question it, question yourself. And if you say like, I'm an idiot, I'm dumb, say to yourself, erase that. I was an idiot or I was dumb and I'm working on myself and I'm getting better. So these are some practical things you can do in day-to-day -day life, which is simply to watch your thoughts, take control of them and don't believe them and replace them with a thought that's more conducive to the results that you wish to produce. Now, where NLP is concerned, they're, like I said, modalities that can remove belief systems. They can address traumas. So if you were severely rejected when you were a kid by even your mom or your dad or a babysitter or whatever, that can linger to where you fear rejection because of the pain of that. Just like what happened to me, my girlfriend cheating on me, bro, I heard her having sex. I'd use the trauma process on that and basically alleviated the pain of it to where it doesn't affect me anymore. Now, when I think about it, it's like almost thinking about somebody else or like a book I read or like a past lifetime. So these modalities reprogram belief systems first and foremost, which is the most powerful thing, especially when you're trying to become more confident and higher self-esteem, more effective in life. They relieve traumas. They install new archetypes, new, um, meta programs, which are, were like, like bigger programs, all encompassing programs. And they, they restructure the basic way you think about yourself and your experiences. Cause really it's just an illusion and we're making it up anyway. You know, life is basically this first, you think of the picture, then you paint it, then you step inside of it. So be very careful about what you think, choose your thoughts carefully. And if they're negative against yourself, drop them, bro. Tendo. Why would you entertain that thought? So summing up guys, you know, it's very simple. All thoughts are illusions. So pick the illusion that's best for you and throw out the other ones. Simply don't believe them. I'm a firm believer in perception is reality. 
I read How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big by uh, Mr. Scott Adams. That's where I first started doing affirmations. And everything I have written has came true. It, it, it blows my mind that uh, the power of the thought, especially in my opinion, I tell the people who I consult with is the second you wake up in the morning, have uh, the paper and the pen right next to you and start writing. You know, mm. pick five affirmations and then say it out loud while you write it and think it in your head. And I tell you what, I can't go a day without doing this because I think it's like my jet fuel to start uh, my, my days. I do it and I, I my head is clear. My head is is thinking if I drink a night before and I get hung over and I wake up late and I don't do this, I feel off. I feel mm. way different. And it is very trippy. I have a lots of comments of your your um, dialogue you just went off on is uh Everything we talk about is usually free on the internet, but it's very nice for someone to keep you accountable. When you pay for something, you're probably going to do it. So I have, I have, uh, I always make that comment where it's like, why can't you just get this shit on the internet for free? But you'll never do it, right? That's why yeah. doing a program like yours is very important to get results. Um, this is my affirmation I need to do is I write better. I get so weird with my handwriting, I can barely read it. <laughs> But I think, yeah, the big points for, for me is the whole, the perception is reality. And how do we hack it? For me, it is the affirmations. For me, it is the hypnosis. And then, oh, the traumas. This mm. is the cool thing you brought up. Because I used to always think trauma is some, you know, buzzword for the therapist and whatnot. But I, I got a clear picture of it when someone explained to me like a sticky comment. So when you're in fifth grade and someone says your ears are too big, right? Yeah. And then you grow up and it's constantly, oh, my ears are so big. Yeah. And then you grow into your body and your ears are fine, but you're yeah. you're an adult and you still think you're ugly with these huge ass ears. Like yeah. that's a, that's a trauma, correct? Yeah, that that's definitely a trauma. And that's something that Deem's working on. But also, you know, guys have been through a lot of stuff. Like all my clients have been through stuff, right? Dad dying, mom dying, being left by a woman, being rejected super bad. Um, I had a trauma with needles. I talk about this a lot in my own podcast where um, I was held down when I was 10 years old and they took blood from me. And from 10 to 25, I had a super massive phobia of needles. And then I did one trauma process, NLP trauma process on it. And two weeks later, I was getting this nine hour tattoo. And then three months after that, this was a seven hour tattoo. And before that, I walked into a tattoo studio and I passed out, bro. It's so embarrassing. I woke, I woke up on the couch because I saw the needles and I passed out. So that trauma process, one promise process, and it's literally a 20 minute process. I can send it to you if you want it, Nick, it, it removed my debilitating fear of needles. So certain guys have fears of women for whatever reason. And what's cool is you don't always need to know exactly why that fear is there, why that trauma, um, is there. We just need to know that it is there. So if you have a debilitating fear of X, Y, Z, the trauma process, it, which is an NLP protocol, you may be able to find it on the internet. Um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but that's extremely powerful to remove something like that. But what I like the most is the removing of the belief systems. That's been so paramount in my mind. And when it comes to affirmations, Nick, I wanted to mention this, or I should say um, the law of attraction. I like to use the phrasing, I asked to receive XYZ by XYZ date. Thank you. Because when you go from a place of humility and ask for it and use the word receive, I've found that to be extremely powerful for myself in my own life. There's different ways to skin a cat, certainly. But some people say, I am now making $100,000 per month. Thank you. 
I like to, I like to be more humble about it and say, I asked to receive because I think we're co-creators with the universe and the universe loves appreciation. It loves humility and it loves to be asked for things. And when it's delivered, you are great. You're gracious. You give gratitude and you give gratitude for what you already have. That mixture, that certain mixture, I'm just like you. I've manifested every single goal I've ever made when phrasing it in that respect. I'm a big I am affirmation guy. I yep. say everything is I am, I yep. am, I am. Uh, and uh, this is the same thing as pray, praying. This is the same thing as all the Eastern old school religions. Like you're asking for something or you want something, you're believing in something. Like it all goes in in together with, the, like you said, the universe and we're one with it. And, you know, all this little hippie talk is uh, relatable in all these different religions as well. Yep. Yeah. I am has been scientifically proven to, they've actually had a book or Nick, you want me to check it out. It's called the intention experiment by Lynn McTaggart. Okay. They've actually done scientific studies on it. Uh, the statement I am does indeed harness a lot of power. So I am a girl magnet is what I tell my boys to say. And they say it to themselves all the time. And then what happens? They become a girl magnet. So that's really powerful. Just lately I've been messing with that. I asked to receive bit. I heard it somewhere. I think from, um, think from somebody who was in the secret. I actually interviewed a dude who was on the secret just a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Joe, John D Martini. You may remember him anyway. Uh, that's where I got that from. It's been really good for me. So there's different ways to do it, but asking is important, you know, and stating your intentions is important. I can't believe more people don't do it. And I can't believe more people don't get coaching and not even with me, like just go get a therapist, go get a psychologist. Like so many people need that work, which is why there's so much misery in the world as people think, well, I'm born this way. This is just the way it is. This is the, the lot that I have in life. I'm just going to accept it. No, you can change. There, there's orphans who have been homeless and poor who have become billionaires. So if they can do it, you can do it too. And it's all, it's all in the mind. Ask and you shall receive 100%. Awesome, Mark. I think we hit our, our main points. I know it's getting late there in, in Colorado and I'm just starting my day down here in Poland. The, the sun comes up at 3.30 right now. It's like I'm in freaking Alaska. What? It's it's bananas. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, the, the Polish summer, I don't know. The The sun sets around 9, 9.30, and it's it's coming up at 3.30. So lots of full summer days. It's exciting. But uh, is, it, is it like hella north? I know that happens in Sweden and, and like Greenland and stuff. But is it is that why? Is it north? No, it's not in Scandinavia. It, it is north, but I mean, it's on... Uh, probably the same level as uh, Minnesota. So I don't know what the, the situation is, but I'm enjoying it. More sunshine. I need it. I love the sun. It makes me happy. My Zodiac signs a cancer. So, you know, it's, I need it. But right. uh, okay, Mark, last thing, give me three book recommendations and uh, one quote. Mm. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. The Tao Te Ching, Stephen Mitchell's translation. And Gates of Fire by Stephen Pressfield about the 300 Spartans at Thermopylae, the sickest fiction book I've ever read. So there's two fiction and one nonfiction. Your quote. Did you read the, did you read the War of Art? Not the Art of yeah, War. But I by, have by Stephen Pressfield. Amazing. Yeah, I have. The Resistance, yeah. and that's a beautiful book. I was a copywriter for a long time, so that's why I read that book. Yeah, it was a really good book. So many quotes to choose from, bro. But um, the one that's kind of coming to my mind is the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. So follow your fears.
Follow your fears. Yeah. And live bold. Mark, where can they find you? Unapologetic man, either on YouTube or my podcast. So uh, just if you can type unapologetic, then you have access to all the gold that I drop on those forms of media. I try to give a lot in my podcast. I try to cut straight to the chase as you yourself, Nick, have listened to it. Get straight to it. Try to give actionable advice, like real tips. Obviously, I teach how to attract women. That's my main shtick. But I also talk about masculinity, developing yourself, confidence. I do do some um, NLP visualizations on my podcast if you're interested in that. So yeah, the Unapologetic Man podcast. And uh, hope to see you guys there. If you have any questions, hit me up, man. CoachMarkSing at gmail.com. Yeah, I highly recommend it. And uh, I remember the the warrior one. That was like an yeah. NLP thing. That, yeah, that kind of so got sick. me going. All right, yeah. good. I you have very one. good presence on the microphone, extremely good content. And I appreciate people like you. We need more of it. And uh, keep it rolling, Mark. I hope to stay in contact with you. And uh, it was great having you on. Nick, thank you so much for having me as a guest. You're an absolute champion. I really respect what you're doing with the football thing and living in different countries. Um, tons of respect for you, man. And that for me doesn't come easily. So keep getting after it, brother. You are an absolute legend. I appreciate it. And everyone else, make sure to live bold. Ciao, ciao.